Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C, we've got Carl D. Good to have you, man. Glad you could have, join us today from SoberPod. Yeah, um, I, I'm outside, so you're going to hear a lot of cars going back and forth every once in a while. <laughs> Just FYI. You're not one of the homeless people in uh, L.A. that live on the street, and you're just joining in with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm outside of a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Uh, Living in a Walmart parking lot. That's, that's it. Curse, Curse D.S. and Paul H. Good to have you today, Paul. And then we've got Craig, uh, M. as usual. So glad to have him today. I wanted to continue this discussion on this 44th chapter because there was so much here, um, so much, and we just barely got into the discussion. Uh, This idea, really, it's just a really basic idea of being content with what we have. (laughs) That's so difficult. It's such a simple sentence, but it is difficult. Uh, It's counterintuitive to everything I've always been taught about business about life, that I'm not supposed to be, I'm supposed to be happy, but yet I'm always supposed to be wanting more, you know, wanting something different than I have. Uh, hey, Lala, how are you today, sweetie? Glad you could, glad you could join us. Um, always wanting something more. Um, and that is really working against us, not for us. So uh, Kersey's going to read for us today. We're just going to read this, the second translation, uh, the links in the chat. Uh, go ahead, Kersey, if you would, please. Okay. Um, the second translation reads, fame or integrity, which is more important? Money or happiness, which is more valuable? Success or failure, which is more destructive? If you look to others for fulfillment, you will never be tr- never truly be fulfilled. If your mon- if your happiness depends on money, you will never be happy with yourself. Be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. Comments. Be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. For me, it's simple gratitude. Yeah. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. I was listening to uh, uh, What's This Now All About. They came out with a new episode. And they were talking about what Taoism was about, what Lao Tzu was, his teaching was about. And I won't talk about it again. I I talked about it a couple of episodes back about the uh, vinegar tasters. But from that example, I saw that it was acceptance was what this was about. If you could, you could narrow down Lao Tzu's thought in this entire, in my thinking, this entire teaching of the Tao Te Ching into one word, and it's acceptance, that everything is the way it's supposed to be. And that fits so well with my recovery. I liked Buddhist thought. But it still, for me, was something I wanted. It just wasn't all uh, everything there. You know, I said, what am I missing in this? And then when I heard that, I said, yeah. I said, that's it. I said, 
not only is it uh, you know letting go of the things that I'm attached to, but it's in accepting things as being the way they are. Because if I can accept things how they are, that's where when I give up the fight, I give up the control to try to change. Because as long as I think things should be different, I'm going to try to change them. Going to try to change them every time. Every time. So the idea there in that last little paragraph, be content with the way, uh, with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there's nothing lacking, I went around all my life thinking I was lacking, always wanting more guilt because I wasn't better at things or wasn't thin enough or wasn't fast enough or, you know, someone else was smarter than I am so I could be smarter. You know, all those things that I thought I lacked in. Is when I realize there's nothing lacking, the world belongs to me. Yeah, I think I think it seems so simple on paper, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, in, in the real world, in my daily life, as I move around and as I go through my my day, you know, I'm bouncing off the walls like a pinball sometimes, right? You know, so I, I bump into this, and it's my reaction to that. You know, it's uh, so I think sometimes it's. Um, you know, I want to push against those things and, you know, I want my will, I want my way. I want, you know, I want, I want, I want, and that's how I, you know, I start off the day really well today. You know, I go through my meditations, I sit there, go, Ooh, you know, I, I, you know, and, uh, you know, I hop in the car, I listen to some podcasts and, you know, before I know it, you know, you know, this thing starts to fire off and I'm in a whole nother, you know, it's no longer Zen. It's, it's, it's you know, crazy Zen is what it is. <laughs> so, so trying to live by this, you know, I understand it. I mean, I get it intellectually, but how do I, how do I get it in my heart? And I think that's a real big, big question for me. Carl, I think it just starts in the moment. This is one of those elephant eating exercises you know, how do you eat the elephant? You eat it a bite at a time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I have to do that in the very moment I'm in. It's about, for me, it's about surrendering the moment, quite honestly, and surrendering more moments of the day. And as I do that, I can accept the moment as being as it is because it has to start with surrender. I want to reread something we read last week from Stephen Mitchell. His commentary on this was really, really good. Uh, Once, uh, he's talking about the master. He said, once he has surrendered to the Tao, the master accepts whatever comes to him. If fame comes, he uses it with integrity. If money comes, he uses it as pure energy. Success and failure are equally irrelevant to him because his heart rests in the Tao. He's at rest. So being he's at rest, he can can be in that place of acceptance. Because he surrendered. That started with surrender. And, And that's where it seems to start with me. You know, I always want to take these big ideas and complicate them 
you know, put all these checks and balances and make it a lot more, you know, almost make it to where it's unattainable because it has to do with my ego does not want to let go of this stuff. So it creates blocks for me is the way it seems to be. Uh, and those, you know, anytime I've got to give up that selfishness, that dishonesty, that resentment or that fear, uh, I'm, I'm going to work against myself not to do that. And that's what I see here. It's just the simplest of things. It's like the idea of love. You know, Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say go love Africa. Nothing wrong with that. But he didn't make it this this huge thing that it's not attainable. He said, just start with the people around you. And I kind of have to look at this the same way. That I just start with this moment. And, and in that moment, it is how can I help you instead of how can you help me? <laughs> you know, that, that, that is it for me. That is surrender for me. If I don't know what to do in surrender, I need to go do something for someone. <laughs> then I will <laughs> surrender. <laughs> Isn't 44 also talking about, you know, recognizing these other things, right? You know, we talk about fame, money, success, you know, that kind of thing, you know, the, just, you know, even, even so it's materialism, it's all these other ideals that, you know, it's asking us to recognize first as, you know, as problems. So yeah, I think well, that's, yeah. actually, which is more valuable is a big part of that. You know, which, which one of those things is really, you know, when you have something good happen, is it really good? Yeah. <laughs> How often have you had something happen? You said, man, this is great. Then later on you say, Oh shit, that was awful. <laughs> I'm glad, I kind of wish that didn't happen, you know. Or the other way too. Sometimes something can seem awful at the time, but then you look back on it, and it's really a good thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, exactly. but yeah, to me, to me, buddy, it, it all ties into the ego. And when I'm not pursuing my materialistic desires, then I seem things seem to flow more freely for me. When I'm not con- when I'm not thinking of myself constantly, if I can just like you said, put yourself in the moment, that's the key. And I find myself. I know we were reading the Letting Go book, and that talks about it a lot too. And I, I really found a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, I'm starting to to re-listen to that one again too because that's that talks about a lot of the same stuff. I am too, Paul. I listen to that book. Uh, I try to listen to it once once every two weeks. Uh, the whole book, um, I get so much out of it. I've added the untethered soul to that list of books to read too. I'm just, that book is so deep. It is taking all of that to another level. I, I haven't quite comprehended that at all. I was listening to it yesterday. It's only six hours. So it's not quite, a, the letting go book's 12 hours. So I mentioned to you on Friday that the, um, Don't Tell It Soul's got another book too, which is The Surrender Experiment. I actually listened to The Surrender Experiment first because I couldn't quite get my head around Don't Tell It Soul. Um, But to see Singer put that into practice, that helped me to understand what he was actually going on about. So I'd recommend that. If you've not not listened to that one, then um, The Surrender Experiment, that's, that's putting everything into practice. Thanks, Craig. I'll do that. But, you know, this, and a lot of this is this idea 
that what we see is not what's really happening. <laughs> our experience or our uh, circumstances may not be all there is to a particular set of circumstances. <laughs> you know, um, money or happiness, which is more valuable, success or failure, which is more destructive. <laughs> I don't know anyone, well, I say that, I hear people's stories, and usually it's the success that destroys them, and it's the failure that brings them back. <laughs> Looks like it would be the opposite, right? It should be the success that brings them back because they had failed. You know, but in recovery, it's normally not that way. Hmm. I want to read the sixth step, too. Carl, I was listening to you on the sixth step last week, and I got to thinking about this. Uh, you know, if, you, if any of you guys go to meetings, you know that the sixth month, you know, the months correlate with a lot of the step work. So, uh, June, you're going to hear a lot of sixth step. We're entirely ready to have God remove uh, uh, all these defects of character. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Used to, I thought, that meant, okay, God remove these defects of character. That's what I was doing. But really, what that says to me is that my job is to be entirely ready. Just be ready. That's all the sixth step is about, is that I am ready. And how do I get ready? It's by surrender. <laughs> It's all about surrender and this being ready. Uh, I was thinking about in Dallas, Wu Wei, and I listened to some of Alan Watts this week talking about the watercourse way and how Wu Wei, to, in his thinking, meant effort without force. And I was thinking about in my daily life when uh, dishonesty and resentment uh, and fear and selfishness all crop up. Am I ready for God to do something with those? Am I ready for those to be removed? Carl, you have something? No, I mean, other than I, I just was listening to uh, Alan Watts the other day, um, and he, you know, he talks about the, um, it's just one of those videos, you know, it's one of those videos that just comes up on YouTube, and it was just about, you know, listening to the melody, right? You know, I think that was, I don't know if you guys have all seen that one, but uh yeah, it, I think, um, you know, when you're searching for these things, they just kind of come up. But it was just a really, it's a really good reminder to, um, to it's about expectation, I think, for me, you know, is that, um, you know, I, I it's, um, it, I, I'm not in charge of the outcome, I'm in charge of the action. And I think that's what the important part was for me. It's like, you know, I have to remember that it's not my, not my role to, um, to, uh, <laughs> to be in control of the outcome. It's my it's my role to be in control of my action. So I think that was important for me. This is as Bill sees it that I pulled from transitions for today. No personal power. At first, the remedy of my personal difficulties seemed so obvious that I could not imagine any alcoholic turning the proposition down where it properly presented to him. Believing so firmly that Christ can do anything, I had the unconscious conceit to suppose that he would do everything through me right then and in the manner I choose. After six long months, 
I had to admit that not a soul had surely laid hold of the master, not accepting myself. This brought me to the good, healthy realization that there were plenty of situations left in the world over which I had no personal power. That if I was so ready to admit that to be the case with alcohol, so I must make the same admission with respect to much else. I would have to be still and know that he, not I, was God. <laughs> not by the way he chose. You know, that is that surrender and being ready. Because I think with the entirely being ready, you know, that's not something that we do one time and we're done. You know, the sixth step is not, the sixth step for me is a way of everyday life. And so I approach any situation, if I'm ready in that situation, I can act on love rather than act on self. I can do the thing that helps rather than the thing that doesn't help in the situation. And for me, that is the idea of being ready. That's the effort that we have to put forth with this thing, is the effort for me is to be ready. It's not to force and make something happen. And, and that's the effortless action that we're talking about yeah. in terms of Wu Wei, right? Exactly, Carl. And, and I think it applies to everything, though, man. Not not just working the steps in a formal way like we think about, you know. But it applies when I'm riding down the road and the person pulls out in front of me, you know. It, it applies when I'm in line at the grocery and my um, – my checkout lady's slow. It applies when, you know, all those things that annoy me in everyday life, they don't have you, to annoy me. It totally triggering uh, for me, uh, David Foster Wallace in his uh, commencement speech, which I really enjoy. This is water, right? You know, it's the two fish story. You guys heard the two fish story? Tell us. You know, two, fish, two fish are swimming along and um, one fish, you know, turns to the other fish and, um, no, sorry. Two fish are swimming along, and a, and a, and a big fish comes swimming by, and you know, it says, "Good morning, boys. How's the water?" Right? And the two fish keep, you know, going on, and the other, one fish turns to the other fish and says, "What's water?" Right? Yeah. You know, so at that point, it's like, um, you know, these, uh, you know, you don't know that you're in it, right? You don't. You're not paying attention. It's you know, awareness is the thing that actually um, will kind of keep you in the moment, right? That awareness. And so David Foster Wallace actually goes on and he talks about, you know, worship of, you know, all these other things, materialism, intelligence, you know, all these other things that you originally talked about. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we all choose something to worship, right? You know, we all like make that decision of, of what to worship. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, all these other things that I've tried to worship and you, you led to it too when you talked about, um, you know, nobody got here. You know, like the success and the failure, that kind of stuff. What brings it back is the failure. You know, I did all that stuff. I mean, materialism. I did, you know, you know, my alcoholism. You know, I, you know, whether it be sex, whether it be, you know, my ego, all these things, like, I've tried. But at the end of the day, um, all those things failed me eventually. And I did. I tried them all. I really did. So, you know, at the end of the day, now I need to find something else outside of me right, that is more appropriate to worship. And, it's, and that's the thing. It's like it's, um, it's sometimes an inside job versus an outside job kind of a thing. So that's, what we don't realize, Carl, is we already have all of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing, man. We we already have it all. Yeah. But it's the awareness that that's the again, this is water. So you know, as I go through my day, you know, I have to like remind myself as I keep going, this is water. You know, this is water. So if you guys are into it, yeah, look it up. It's a, the long version of David Foster Wallace's uh, commencement speech. And uh, it's called This is Water. And it's just it's just so perfect. It's a, it's a really good essay. Thanks, Carl. Um, you, you know, that idea that we already have, that there's nothing lacking. So how do we access those things that we feel we lack, I guess, is the real question. That's what we're all after. Mm. so how do we access okay we're not content if we're not content with our life how do we get content (laughs) if we feel we're lacking something how do we find that uh that peace that's that's the real question to bring it down to everyday living in something that's useful Maybe, maybe maybe sometimes we look too hard Okay, I think yeah. I think sometimes if I think sometimes if we stop looking, because sometimes sometimes I'm looking for something that I don't even know what it looks like, and if I look too hard, then I'm apt to miss it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's. I think go ahead. Sorry. I think that's. I think that's to do with the letting go as well. I think I'm trying to control the things that I'm looking for, and the things that I think is actually going to fit the bill of what I'm looking for, and therefore, I'm kind of directing. It's like Carl said, I'm, I'm kind of trying to direct the outcome rather than just accepting the things for what they are and what they're supposed to, supposed to be um, and just basically take things take things as they come um, rather than, again, trying to just control the outcome. It's, uh, who am I to say that's, that's what the right thing is? Um, I think we just have to let it be sometimes. And um, I've had this conversation this morning with somebody else that's, that's really struggling um, in terms of, they're kind of at a crossroad with their addictions. They're at that stage where they're questioning why they're doing this, why they're, why they're putting up with this struggle, why they're, why they're putting themselves through this, whereas um, going back to active addiction is obviously the easier way of, of getting out of things. Um, and basically the, the conversation was, I don't, know, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm looking for my why. I'm looking for why I'm doing this. And what, you know, I think sometimes if we, if we just let it go and just stop looking, the answers are just going to appear. Um, it's it's like the um, it's like when the sponsor's ready, the right sponsor up here. There's a there's a Taoist saying with that when the you know you you we've always heard when the student's ready, the teacher appears. That's right. A couple of variances with that when the student's really ready, the teacher disappears. <laughs> teacher never talks during the test. <laughs> test going on, the teacher's going to be quiet. The instructing's done. Uh, of course, in Miracles talks about that, and it says when the student's ready, the student appears, the student for them. And I thought, yeah, I see that. That really is the most apl- apl- applicable thing for me because when when I was ready to really move to another level, people started appearing, like you said, Craig, for me to start helping. And then I really had to take it to another level if I had to help someone. So yeah, and, and sometimes sometimes helping somebody isn't isn't going out and cutting the lawn or washing the car for them. Sometimes helping somebody can just be saying, "Kirsty, your hair looks nice." Yeah, putting that, putting that putting that smile on somebody's face and just just making them feel appreciated, make them feel wanted, make make them feel like 
make them feel the way that they can't make themselves feel. Um, just just by putting that just by putting that light in their eyes and, uh, you, and just you know, being kind. A lot of that for me, Craig, is learning that I don't have the answer for anyone for anything. I don't know what they need. And that's a big part of this 44th is giving up the idea that we know. <laughs> you know, we don't know. <laughs> and if I can give up that idea and surrender it, then I may be open to be more. My approach is not how can I fix this person or how can I get this person sober or how can I make this person's day better? It may be more of, you know, how can I love this person? And I don't know how. And that takes different forms with everyone in every situation. Yeah. Yeah. Actually last night I, um, you know, I have a sponsee and he's, it's been about a year and a half and he has been, you know, off and on and back at it. And, you know, the same thing you were talking about, Craig, really exactly like that. And, um, you know, just that's the go-to scenario, right? You know, because that's, that's what we do. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, talking to my sponsor, I, I just had to let him go, actually, you know, because it's been a year and a half. And it's like, you know what, I, you know, I, even though it's like, you know, I think we try to put on ourselves, like, you know, we're responsible for this somehow. Right? We're not responsible for this. This is not us. Like, you know, we're not, we're not doing it. Like, for instance, you know, when I got sober, Nobody did it for me, right? You know, I sat at my computer crying, wanting to put a gun in my mouth, and um, and I prayed hard. You know, I woke up the next day and I didn't, I didn't do this anymore. Go figure, right? You know, but I obviously had to get to work after that. So that's the thing is, it's really an inside job, and you know, and you know, he has to be beaten into a state of reasonableness, right? You know, to be willing is the idea, right? And so, um, so and I'm not going to get him that. You know, and he's obviously not doing anything working with me, right? You know, it's pretty obvious by his actions. So I understand that. But, man, it's still hard. My, that codependent part of me wants to be like, oh, please stay. Don't be hurt. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, it's your, and I want to, you know, oh, you know, control or be a part of it. But, you know, I have to let that go. And that's a real big part of that, real, just letting it go. Being loving, as, as, uh, as Buddy says. If you look to others, it's interesting how this 44th, and he does this a lot, he hits you with the problem to where maybe uh, and how we misunderstand it. Like the first part of this was fame or integrity, money or happiness, success or failure, getting you to think that maybe the way we're thinking about this stuff is wrong. Then the second part, he's talking about if you look to others for fulfillment, you will never be fulfilled. So if you're looking outside yourself for what you're looking for, it's not there. So anytime we're looking outside in relationships, children, you know, all those other things, sex, sex, (laughs) none of that is going to ever do for us what we want it to do. Never. So he lays it out there and takes her, you know, just knocks her feet out from unders, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is spiritual growth, Craig, exactly. Uh, so he said, first, he says, you got to be content with what you have, which is the bigger problem. Now he's taking us to what the real problem is, is that we're not content with us. So how can the world can I be content with what I have? And it's realizing that we already have it. So what I want to, I want y'all's ideas. 
on how we go from not having what we need, knowing that it's within us, to getting it out. How do we move from that we're lacking, we feel we're lacking when we're really not, and moving to not lacking in any area? What what some practices, and it is a spiritual practice for me, Craig. It, it starts from within, you know. Paul, you have something? Yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going, buddy. Gratitude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's my number one. I mean, if you're thankful for the things you have, that's a good place to start. Not not thinking about what you don't have, but what you do have. I have a roof over my head. Yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for that. I'm grateful I got out of bed this morning. I'm grateful I woke up on the right side of the grass. So from there, I can build on that. I had a business failing one. Well, I've had that happen a couple of times. But one time when that was happening, um, I had some friends I would go eat breakfast with, and their business was failing, and I could feel better because mine wasn't as bad as theirs. <laughs> that's the best I knew at the time that was 20 years ago you know that's the best I could do but uh mine was not as bad I got some gratitude from their failure you know that's not the best but that was better than than me having a pity party that day yeah um it starts from within and this idea and I and this idea from uh actually from the letting go book Paul that we're this bundle of love. We have this, we have this God drop within us, this bhakti that is just waiting to get out and we keep it covered up with all of our selfishness and our dishonesty and our resentment and our fear. Page 84. Yeah. Fear is a big one. Yeah. Those things. Those four, and I think everything can fall into those four. And for me, if I look deep enough, it's usually a fear behind everything. If I go deep enough within that, there's a fear that's under everything. And and learning to, to surrender those things. And it goes back to the surrender in more areas of my life. It, it just, it gets simple. You know, you would think it would get more complicated and more complicating, adding layers of things to do. And it's really not. It gets simpler and simpler down to just let go. <laughs> yeah, if you can drive down to that core fear. Yeah. A lot of people live their entire lives motivated by fear. And it's really sad when you think about it, but it's true. I mean, a lot of my actions, especially when I was in my active addiction, it was almost all driven by fear. Fear I'm not good enough. I'm not, like you said, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. Instead of focusing on what, the positive things, I was always focused on the negative. And that drove my addiction for a long time. You know, and it's, it's interesting how if I'm feeding a fear of any kind, all my thoughts are doing are trying to support what I'm feeding. So if I have a fear of not being enough, my thoughts, those millions of thoughts I have are all there's, oh, buddy doesn't think he's enough. Let's help him with that, you know. <laughs> And that's what our thoughts are doing or just supporting that. So battling the thoughts is a losing prospect. I have to surrender the fear. And when I surrender the fear and really let that go, those thoughts just go away. So the thoughts aren't my problem. The fear is my problem. Yeah. And that and goes battling those thoughts is exhausting. Oh. <laughs> it just doesn't work. No, it does not work. 
And recovery has been such a gift for me because, you know, through working the steps, I started seeing this and seeing that my problem was not what I was seeing. My problem was really something different than that. It's like anger is never my problem. There's something causing the anger, and I've got to get down to those causes and conditions like we talk about. And then I get down there and take care of those things. My other issues go away. They go away. And in return, this love of God that I think that's within us just comes out. And there's nothing left for us to do but to experience that. That's what's happened for me. I've never regretted letting go of a resentment or surrendering a fear or doing something nice or something. I've never regretted doing the right thing. <laughs> it's never happened. Never happened. And I've always had, and the result of that is like this fruit of peace and joy that I'm always looking for. And it just comes and just happens because I'm doing the right things. For me, that is the nothing lacking. And then he says, very last, you realize nothing's lacking, and the whole world belongs to you. Not just a little fame or not just a little money or not just a little success. The entire world is yours. Everything. You already have it. And you can experience that when you learn to surrender and learn to, you know, Learn to accept things as they are and rejoice, not say it doesn't say be content with what you have and, you know, just, you know, tolerate things being the way they are. (laughs) It says be content with what you have and rejoice, be happy in things being the way they are. (laughs) That's a whole nother level. (laughs) Craig, you have something? No. No. Okay, you were unmuted. I thought you had some uh, comments. Lala, I hadn't heard from you today, dear. I know. I'm just listening. I'm thinking a lot about um, just recently not being fully content with <laughs> where I'm at, and I mean, part of it is like, well, yeah, if I was. I'm a very driven person. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've accomplished a lot in my drinking years and, and, um, and not in my drinking years. And, you know, it is that drive that I think is important to have, you know, what else, what can I do next and what else? And I am at a kind of standstill of, I really don't know what to do with myself, but I do know something's missing. So Part of me is like, yes, I am very grateful for many things, and I have a lot of gratitude, but I do feel like I need to listen to this inner stirring in me, wanting some growth in another way, and I don't know what that way is. And um, I've been given some advice to do some visualizations. What do I see my year looking, my life looking like, like a year from now, and um, things like that, so... I do think it's important to have both. Um, you know, I don't, I'm rejoicing in what I have right now, but um, I'm certainly grateful for a lot of the things I have right now. But I do have a little 
unsettling, a little bit of a restless soul as to what I'm, something's missing. And I'm not quite sure how to reconcile that with this. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you my experience real quick, Lala, with that. I've been going through the same exact thing over the last two years. I was in the real estate business for, gosh, 20 plus years, owned uh, several rentals and a number of rentals in the early 90s when I first started in my early 20s. And then things over time just, you know, came and went, got in the guy was a broker with over 30 agents. I, I, I numbered my phone calls one day. I got over 100 calls a day. I mean, my phone was all the time. I couldn't go out of town without my phone. So, I mean, I was just, it was all the time, balls to the wall, every day, seven days a week. And I would take at least one day a week and work through the night to catch up and just stay at the office. I mean, I was that guy, okay? And I was hopping, had a lot going on. And once, um, a couple of years ago, things just started changing and a lot of that started drying up. So, and I found myself with ideas to do that, you know, I was 52 years old. If I didn't do these ideas, they were never going to happen. So they were in things other than real estate. So, but I really slowed down and I was waiting on other people to accomplish things. And it was not this all the time, push, push, push. And it was really difficult for me just to slow down. So I started just taking the time and putting it to good use and believing that whatever was going on for the day was what was supposed to be going on and that it was not up to me to make these things happen. Yeah. You know, that it wasn't this push and drive anymore like it used to be that I needed to take my time and do what was in front of me to do. And that was the thing for me to do that day. Yeah. God put a guy in my life that every Friday he was uh, an AA guy and he was in a nursing home and I'd go every Friday and visit him, but I'd spend half my day on Friday going to a nursing home in a neighboring town and it would take most of my day. And I, and I would be fighting the whole time saying, I'm supposed to be working. I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's interesting you say that because that is when I just signed up to volunteer for hospice. (laughs) 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 I need to fill myself with something. You know, I'm not looking necessarily to work. You know, I'm stepped away purposely from work work, but there is still something missing. And I do kind of feel like I'm reaching on to things that are just, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how this hospice thing but But the thing is, Lala, you, you learn with time and in recovery, what I learned was, was really, it's this idea of surrendering the moment and offering the moment and then just responding when you see God doing something. Right. That whole idea of, it's actually, if anyone likes that Romans 12 in the message version of the Bible, the audio for that is incredible, and that's exactly what it says, is that you offer your everyday, eating, breathing, living life. You're walking around, going to work life, and you place it before God as an offering. Yeah. Then you just respond when you see God doing things. So I said, okay, God, if that's the way it's supposed to be, that's how I want to live. Yeah. So I started doing that. Uh, 
and things just started unfolding in front of me to do. Sure. And I could accept the day as being, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Then I get a check for thousands of dollars out of nowhere that I had nothing that I did anything with. I'm like, fuck, is this the way it's supposed to work? Yeah. You know? So I just kept doing, I kept my head down because I want to plan and project, you know? I know. It's hard to resist that. So. <sighs> Yeah. And just keep my head down and do what's in front of me to do and keep doing it. And the and I felt like what's the old adage about the blind squirrel getting the acorn, you know, just things just happen like Mr. Magoo almost just fumbling along and things just happening in front of him, you know? Um I, I got a great example of that the other day. I I'm finishing up this business that I'm gonna I'm pitching to uh funeral homes. And I know nothing about funeral homes, but I had this idea, and so I'm pursuing it. And I went to a meeting to see a guy speak that I just wanted to support him. I normally don't go to this meeting. And a guy shows up that I know, but he doesn't come that often. And we got to talking, and he says, what are you doing? And we got chatting, and he said, well, my aunt runs the uh, 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 the Independent um, Funeral Home Association for the state of Georgia. I said, Really? I said, well, can I pitch you? Would she be, would she meet with me and let's talk about it? She says, yeah, she lives next door to me. I, I'm sure she will. I'll talk to her about it. You know, exactly what I needed yeah. <laughs> to continue forward with what I'm doing, you know? And I'm like, this is crazy, you know, but yeah. that's how it's, I think that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Just the next thing that opens up in front of me. I don't know if anything's going to come of that or not, but that's the direction I'm going, so I'll go, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, and I've got situation, I've got circumstance after circumstance like that, that when I've learned not to control the moment and try to do the next right thing, that things just unfold. And I think that's where I find contentment in the moment. And I think that contentment is a fruit. I don't think it's something that we can just find. I think it's a fruit of doing the right things that it's like the peace and joy. Those things are fruit. They're not, you don't work for this. And as a reward, you have, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem to be like that. If I'm surrendering the moment, I'm learning to let go. Then I realize that I'm happy. I realize I'm at peace. I'm realizing I'm starting to get content with things and I'm happy with, I'm not only okay with the way things are, I become happy with the way things are. And that really is step six, being entirely ready, letting go of the outcome of whether, you know, God does this for you that you want him to do or not. No matter if we're talking good or bad things, you know, what we think of as good or bad things. Hmm. Comments? Kirsty, you have anything, dear? You've been quiet today too. Soaking this in. Yeah, I'm I'm quite quiet today. I'm quite tired. Um but I think it's establishing the practices that enable you to I don't know, adopt more acceptance and gratitude. Uh, if if that makes sense um because going right back to the beginning and right back to the the initial sentences of the readings um 
if you have to force it to get it, there's something deep down in it. It always happens. It always happens to me. If I have to force something, I have to make something happen. I always know deep down it's the wrong thing or it's not happening the way it's meant to happen. Um, but I still carry on regardless. Um, I'll still, you know, go hell for leather um, and carry on going, oh, I know this is wrong, but, you know, I want it anyway. Um, and um, and it's been, it's being aware of that and, 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 yeah, checking in every day, every moment of every day and just saying, right, you know, this is this is how it should be right now. This is how it should be right now. Um, keeping it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> I've been guilty of that lately. Thanks, Kirsty. Paul, you have something, sir? Yeah, I think what you were you were just starting to get to there, buddy, was um, expectations. I find that when I just have no expectations on any given situation that I'm much more content because if I try to project how things should turn out and they, they don't turn out, then that, then I get in trouble with that. So I think it's managing expectations is a big one for me and just not having expectations, period, just going into it and accepting it for what it is. You, you know, Paul, for me, that, that is moving from, uh, except, you know, being okay with the way things are to rejoicing in the way things are. <laughs> when I can give up those expectations because I still tag expectations on everything, you know, and I'm getting better about it, but that is, uh, that's part of my growth is learning. That's been, a hu- that's been a huge one for me. I'm just so much more at peace with the way things turn out if I don't put those expectations on them. I'm there with you 100%, Paul. Thank you. Yes. Man, this is good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I was looking at my notes before we run out of time. Uh, Contentment's about acceptance, not success or failure. It's about surrender, detachment. We talked about how winning was dangerous. We talked about Wu Wei. Entirely ready is being content regardless of the situation. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Let me look through the Wayne Dyer real quick and see if there's anything there that we really need to discuss. I want to put him on the screen. You guys have read uh, Drop the Rock in terms of step six? and tell, tell, Explain that. You know, I have never read Drop the Rock. I've heard uh, it talked about many times, but I have never read it. Well, it, it really is a, a – you know, a, it's like a, it's like the – it's like the part of the big book that never was written. It really is, uh, you know, on step six and seven, and it really kind of covers a lot of how to, you know, go about instituting step six and, and seven into our lives, right? And, uh, you know, just some of the things that, you know, it, it covers is, you know, there, when I was reading this, uh, this book, um, you know, when I was first getting sober, like, you know, it talked about doing rituals. It talked about, you know, clearing the way for, you know, you, you know, to be entirely ready, right? You know, so it gave tips of like, you know, I mean, like if we're doing our inventory, like we're literally doing our inventory in our lives, you know, and as we, you know, uncover, discover, and discard, 
we should have a physical act to do that kind of stuff. And so it suggested stuff like going through my closet and getting rid of, you know, items I don't need. And it was just, uh, and it was just a physical thing that actually related to what I was doing internally. And, and that was actually part of becoming entirely ready. And so that to me was like, it really made sense when I was doing that stuff. And it, it really helped me to, um, you know, just be aware. And so, you know, that's the, you know, when we talk about taking action in our lives, that's the kind of action that would be entirely ready. And I think in, in terms of, you know, Taoism, we talk about the empty vessel, right? You know, it's like, you know, that's, that's part of it. That's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to a point of, you know, an empty vessel that can be filled every once in a while. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really good book in terms of, you know, uh, you know, people's experiences and they relate some experiences in there with six and seven and really just go into more details about how to actually, you know, apply this stuff in our daily lives. Thanks, Carl. I, I may need to check that one out. You, you yeah, know, I'm, cool. you, you know, when we're talking about um, how do we move from lack to no lack, you know, move over to that area of, of uh, contentment. Uh, I think the things that I do in the morning, like uh, meditation, some readings, uh, those things, surrender the day, surrender, learn to surrender the moment, get the ground ready of my heart for when I interact with people, I really start changing because I don't change when I'm just me and my higher power. It takes people, which... I don't really like it being that way, but that's just the way it works for me. I have to interact with other people to see any changes. I'm very, you know, just think about none of my selfishness is just me and God. It's me and other people in God. (laughs) None of my dishonesty. I'm not dishonest with God. I'm dishonest with other people. You know, you know, resentments. Uh, I don't have any resentments against God. Some people do, but that's not my, where my resentments lie. My resentments lie with other people. You know, my fears are usually have something that they're attached to other people, what they think about me, what they're going to do to me. They're going to take something I have or, you know, whatever, you know, it's all interaction with others. So those things in the morning are great and they really help me, but they help me to get ready <laughs> for all those interactions with people. And am I going to choose me over them? Really, is what it boils down to. <laughs> Wayne Dyer, he had a couple of comments I want to hit before we close. Uh, on his reading, his translation, he used, "Love is the fruit of sacrifice. Wealth is the fruit of generosity. A contented man is never disappointed." Uh, I, I would like giving more than sacrifice, but. Uh, I, I think love's a fruit of me giving because it's that, like you were talking about, Carl, it's acting our way into right thinking, you know, well, you know, we love others. We, we treat others the way we want to be treated. We don't treat them the way they treat us. We take the action first. And I think that's part of what causes this change in us is we go out and we make the effort. We're vulnerable and we go out and we do. And in return, we, we can see more of God within us. More of that love can shine. As in, because when I love somebody, I'm 
usually having to surrender a fear or, or surrender some selfishness for sure, because I'm thinking of them other than myself. So that's the way that seems to work for me. Yeah, that's what, what Paul is talking about in terms of ego. You know, absolutely. When I'm, you know, I'm loving somebody else, you know, it's it, uh, my, my ego has left the building, which I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say a couple of comments from this, and then we'll close out from Wayne Dyer. Um, it's your attachment to things that gets in the way. It's not the things. It's your attachment to them. Um, ah, this one's good. If you live with, uh, if you have a, a life of frustration and dissatisfaction, like seeking your enjoyment in things, the reason is because the search itself becomes your jailer. It's the search for those things that traps you. And once you've started making this change, you see love and wealth everywhere, yet you know intuitively that you can never possess them by chasing them since there will always remain outside your grasp. And so he looks at the dial and sees the great weight keeps nothing for itself, is willing to let go of its life-giving essence, and his desires to share with all. When you do these three things, give of yourself, asking and asking nothing in return, and uh, withdrawing your need for recognition, you'll experience more contentment. The fruits of wealth and love are seen right there before you when you simply stop the chase. So it's about stopping the chase, giving of yourself, asking nothing in return, and withdrawing your need for recognition. That's how you stop this chase. So don't seek and you shall find. <laughs> hey, you quoting Bible, Carl? You're not quoting Bible, are you? Oh, no, I said don't seek. I'm <laughs> misquoting the Bible. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I must have mis misunderstood you. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we seek, we sacrifice arriving for a lifetime of striving. We strive, 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 and never get there. And he talks about it being in the little things, giving the little things, making way, and you know, giving your favorite shirt away. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that if you go back and watch that, that this is water video after this, it's like it's exactly what he talks about at the end. You know, he talks about you know um, true freedom is uh, sacrificing for others in a myriad petty little ways every day. You yeah. know, and and that's that's a that's a beautiful thing, and I wish that I could do it. <laughs> I just you know, I'm not there yet. That is for sure. You know, well, that's the thing, Carl. With that, it's just about doing it in the moment, you know. Yeah. And uh, if I can do it in this second, then maybe I can do it in more seconds. Yeah. No, it starts with the first one, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, the journey. What is it? The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. You know. Watch your step. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Any uh, closing comments? Thank you, guys. I got a lot out of that. I'm going to have to listen to this one at least twice. I always get more out of it. I said, did we really say that? And I go back and listen again. <laughs> it's crazy how much comes out when we just surrender this stuff, you know? Don't come into it with expectations or thinking we have it figured out. Hey, guys, I uh, 
Now, y'all, y'all are still following the steps, right, Carl? I want to do a sober pod plug real quick. I'm glad you got up early for us today, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's funny. Like, I got up at 4 o'clock, and I was just like, I just, I, like, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but uh, um, yeah, yeah, sober pod, we've been doing uh, 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 the steps, you know, as each month, right? So, one, two, you know, right now we're on uh, step six because of, you know, six months, but, uh, you know, it actually, it's been really tough to kind of, you know, to come up with like four episodes, you know, a month because we do one a week and, to, you know, cause we were like, you know, on step three, we were like, what are we doing? Cause we also do mini sods in the middle of the week. So each of us takes a turn, you know, you know, the alternating weeks. And, uh, um, we're like, you know what, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, but unpacking step six was really cool because there's just a lot more in there because we sit and we usually talk before we begin. Yeah, you know, so all three of us, and we just start talking about, we had like this real quick little step study. And sure enough, like, you know, this last time we came up with a bunch of stuff. And so, so it's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, so we're going through the steps and, you know, it's traditional stuff. I mean, it really is in terms of recovery and everything else. But um, I, I can't wait to look back on the whole year and kind of see this nice step study. And, uh, you know, it's something, it's entertaining. That's the idea, you know, for us. Like we don't, we didn't want to do anything that was going to be like, you know, traditional and, you know, just, you know, a bunch of, you know, I don't know, one old guy sitting around talking, but, you know, uh, but, you know, it's just that kind of thing. So we try to make it more interesting and entertaining and throw in a bunch of jokes. And so, you know, it's really good stuff. So, yeah, you know, I liked it. The dynamic. Oh, by the way, by the way, it's sober pod. I don't think I even said it. It's sober pod. It's the actual podcast. So one, word, to, one word, yeah, one word, silver word silver pod. pod. Go to silver Yeah. And Carl, the, uh, the one thing I really like about it is the fact that you have the dynamic of an atheist. Steve, yeah. Steve. You have Ellen, Christian. Uh, Christian, yeah. And then you have you as an agnostic. Searching. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got that dynamic of the three. So you're getting a different perspective on everything. Yeah. Which yeah, I think and, is really good. Yeah, and we all have our, you know, our definite faults. I think that's the other thing is we're all really open about, you know, that kind of stuff, which is really great. Um, I try to keep it anonymous, you know, so, you know, if anybody's listening, please don't go sharing my, you know, first and last name anywhere, um, you know, because I know that this is open on, on the, the – Just in the community, they, they would yeah. see uh, – that they would see that just yeah um, just have people respect some of the anonymity there so they can actually see my name my last name on there i was like oh <laughs> but uh but yeah so I, we really tried I to can, i'll that fix that for you before i put the i, I can fix uh, that before nah, it, 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 it's fine don't do any more work i just i just say you know we try to have a reasonable amount of anonymity right so um you know that's just what you know in today's day and age that's just how it operates but uh but yeah it's uh it's good stuff it really is yeah, I get I get a good bit out of it. Sometimes I'll hear I I really like I want to hear what Steve has to say because I like the ideas of someone that's um, uh, atheist coming in and me understanding how they're thinking. Well, and so and that's where I was coming from when I first came into recovery. I was I was not going to be this. I was not going to be this spiritual guy, right? I wasn't going to. You know what we're doing here actually is just really spiritual, and I really love it. And, you know, when I see you guys interacting and actually exploring, 
you know, the Tao of our understanding, right? You know, as it relates to recovery and spirituality and all this good stuff, I, I man, I was like, I'm in. Like, you know, put me in, coach. Like, I, you know, so I listen all the time. You guys are great. And I just, you know, so it's funny, like, sitting here watching you guys. I'm like, oh, it's like a, it's like I'm now interacting with the podcast. <laughs> like, this is so weird. Yeah, so... Uh, but it's yeah, a great no. dynamic, you know. It's a and it's a it's just something God did. I mean, it just happened organically. Like, yeah, I think everything's supposed to happen this way. And so, you know, when you talk about Steve, you know, the atheist stuff, it's like I, you know, I was attracted to him for those reasons. But you know, but he being was your first sponsor, you know, right? Yeah, it, it, this time around, right? You know, so being yeah. in the back in the rooms, um, you know, I was looking for that, and uh, and then you know what happened was is you know Steve was really open as a as a, you know, intellectual, basically, you know, he's, he's like, you know, go do that. Go, you know, if you need to pray, go pray. If you need to believe, go believe. He's like, he just didn't really care. He's like, if you get sobriety, great, you know, and that's the kind of stuff, that's the approach I think that it needs when it comes from that point of view. Um, and it really worked for me because I saw other things that I needed and I went and got them, you know, so that's part of that. So I, you know, I looked for another sponsor who's more spiritual. who's going to, you know, help, help me see the, the world in a bigger way. Um, and that was really cool. So, you know, so that's how I kind of moved from, you know, atheist to agnostic as well. Right. You know, I'm making that journey. I think God puts our sponsors in our life when we need them, you know? Uh, I think everybody. (laughs) Everyone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. But uh, but that's great, man. Thanks for your work. I I really enjoy it. So thank you guys. Seriously. I I hope I can attend this uh, meeting, uh, you know, more often for sure. Anytime you're up at 4 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> you're welcome to join which seems like a possibility at this point i'm like how did i even get here <laughs> <laughs> any closing comments we all good okay well guys y'all have a great week we'll see you next week hello this is buddy c i wanted to make you aware of several recovery related resources that i've posted in the episode description these resources include a list of recovery podcasts a free sober meditation app daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.